Would you turn to Psalm 71? I think you'll see why as I read this psalm, but this could could be called the psalm of old age. Let's read this together, Psalm 71. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope. O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holden up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. For I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. For mine enemies... Speak against me. And they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him, persecute him, take him, for there's none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. For I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I'm an old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I've showed thy strength unto this generation. And thy power to everyone that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee? Thou which has showed me great and sore troubles, shalt quicken me again, and shalt bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt 
increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth, O my God. Unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou Holy One of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long. For they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. Let's pray. Lord, how we thank you for your blessed son. How we thank you for the salvation that's in him. Lord, teach us what it means to speak of thy righteousness all the day long. Teach us what it means to make mention of thy righteousness, even thine only. Lord, bless this time. Speak to us from your word. <laughs> Enable us to see you as high and lifted up in our completeness in your son. We pray for the forgiveness of sins. We pray for cleansing in the blood of your son we pray for all your people wherever they meet together that you would be pleased to meet with them we ask that you'd accept our thanksgiving lord we're so grateful for the salvation that's in your son now bless us for christ's sake in his name we pray amen now you can see why i titled this a uh perhaps a psalm for an old believer because if it was David speaking, I'm not sure if it was, but if it was David speaking, he speaks of being old and gray-headed and not to forsake him. And David was 70 years old when he died, so I, it doesn't give a title, but this could be David in his psalm of old age. And he speaks of thoughts that can certainly arise from old age. Um, and you'll see that as we look at this psalm. Now look in verse 20. Thou which has showed us great and sore trials shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Now, that's Christ speaking. Uh, it could also be David looking forward to his uh, future resurrection. But whatever, it is the Lord speaking. But we're going to look at it as the words of an old man. David, or whoever wrote the psalm, says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Now, I hope I can say the thing, same thing. In thee, O Lord, have I put my trust. Not in myself, not in my thoughts, not in my intentions, not in my works, not in my preaching, not in anything that has anything to do with me. In thee, O Lord, have I put my trust. Now the scriptures that come to my mind right off the bat, 1 Corinthians 1.30, of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. In thee, O Lord, have I put my trust. Um, 
Colossians 2, 10 says, you are complete in him. Is that where you put your trust? He hath made us accepted, Ephesians 1, 6. He has made us accepted in the beloved. All of my hope is in him. Now that's the desire of a young believer, a newborn believer. That's the desire of a believer right before he goes to the grave, however old he is. In thee, O Lord, have I put my trust. And then he says something that almost sounds contradictory. Let me never be put to confusion. In thee, O Lord, have I put my trust. But don't let me be put to confusion. Somebody says, well, how can he trust in the Lord and yet make a statement like that? Well, here's the way I take it. If the shoe fits, wear it. <laughs> if the shoe fits, wear it. In thee, O Lord, have I put my trust. Let me not be put to confusion. Verse 2, deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Now, think of what is being said. Deliver me in thy righteousness. This is one of five times in this psalm he speaks of thy righteousness. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed. Now, if you went out on the street this afternoon or went to your, an average church or church building and see the people coming out. And if you'd ask them, what is the chief attribute of God revealed in the gospel? What would they say? Love. Love, the love of God. And we love the love of God. I wouldn't in any way uh, speak, of course I wouldn't speak against the love of God. We love the love of God. But that's not what God the Holy Spirit says is the first uh, chief attribute revealed in the gospel he says therein in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed now in the gospel God's righteous character is revealed his righteousness and, and get this his righteousness in the damnation of the sinner. And I say that with fear and trembling when I even say something like that. But when you have the gospel revealed to you, gone are your thoughts of how could it be fair for God to send a man to hell? Or how could it be unfair for God to send me to hell? No, just and right is he. And when you understand the gospel, you understand the righteousness of God in salvation. I'm saved because the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Jesus Christ is given to me so that it's my personal righteousness. My sin became his sin. He punished it. His righteousness becomes mine. I'm complete. I'm accepted in him. Now notice how he says, deliver me in thy righteousness. 
And this is repeated five times in this psalm. Five is the number of grace. Uh, there is a numerology in the Bible. Uh, the um, tabernacle, it, everything was in, in uh, uh, dimensions of five. The number of grace, five times he mentions, deliver me in thy righteousness. Cause me to escape. You know, you, this, is a, this is something that ought to become very real to us. We ask the Lord to cause us to do things, cause things to happen. We're aware of our own weakness, our own contradictions, our own inconsistencies. Therefore, we say, Lord, don't leave me to my own way. Cause me to escape. Cause me to do thy will. Cause me to believe. Cause me to repent. Cause me to persevere. Cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Now remember, this is the prayer of an old believer. It's the prayer of a new believer as well. But this is a man who has much experience in the grace of God. And he's still making this prayer, save me. Save me. You know, I don't know how, I wonder how many times I've prayed that prayer. Save me, Lord. Save me. Well, here this old believer is praying, save me. He says in verse 3, Be thou my strong habitation whereunto I may continually resort. I want to always just be found in Christ, don't you? That's what he, he's saying. I want to be continually resorting, living, abiding in you. You as my strong habitation, my protection. Be thou my strong habitation whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment. To save me. Oh. What else could you want? Thou hast given commandment to save me. His commandments are always obeyed. If he commands my salvation, guess what? I'm saved. If he gives commandment. And that's what David is saying. Thou hast given commandment to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Verse 4. Deliver me, O my God out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. Now, he certainly could be speaking of men who were persecuting him and hating him. Uh, every one of us has experienced something like that, where someone has been against us and sought our uh, uh, hurt. But I think as much as anything else, when he's talking about the cruel and sinful man, he's talking about himself. And he says, my biggest enemy is me. Deliver me from me. You know, that's uh, one of the things when I say, Lord, save me. I say, save me from myself. I'm the problem. Save me from myself. Deliver me from the wicked out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, verse 5. Thou. Art my hope, Christ our hope. Thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. Now he's speaking as an old man. And he says, nothing's changed. You're my trust from my youth. By thee, verse 6, have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. Now, eternal grace calls for continual praise, doesn't it? He said, the Lord's hand's always been on me. 
when I came out of the womb. And listen, if you're one of the elect of God, I hope everybody in here is. Do you know God's hand has been upon you from your womb? Uh, when you didn't know him, he knew you. When you had no consciousness of him, you were in his hand. From the womb. Isn't that wonderful? From the womb. Um, the reason you believe now is because his hand has always been upon you. I, I, I love thinking about that. Verse 7. He says, I am a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. A wonder is a miracle. A miracle. You know, I love that song. It took a miracle. <laughs> it took a miracle to put the world in place. It took a miracle to hang the stars in space. But when he saved my soul, cleansed and made me whole, it took a miracle of love and grace. I'm a miracle. My salvation is a miracle. A miracle of God. I'm a wonder to many. Be, but thou art my strong refuge. I love this verse 8. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise. You know, I, I, um, I can't stand to hear religious praise songs. I will praise thee. I will pray. You know, anything that begins with an I will is going to go in a bad place. I will, oh, you will, will you? But I love the way David says, let my mouth be filled. Who's the one who's filling it? God is. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Verse 9, he says, cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength fails. Now, old age is difficult. Um, I guess I'm just now entering the uh, stages of old age. I, I remember when I was a kid, I thought, when you're in your 60s, go ahead. You know, you've had a full life. What difference does it make? <laughs> Die, you know. I mean, and I thought, man, you, you're, you, you've hit the... Um, but I'm entering the... Uh, First stages, I guess, of old age. And your strength fails. Your strength fails. Um, right now, every time I, I uh, walk from, for instance, the, uh, uh, that chair I sit in to the pulpit, I'm just, I'm careful. I don't have good balance. I think, what if I fall and embarrass myself and break my hip? Um, I've got, I, I, it feels like my uh, hip joints coming out of socket all the time. I think it's going to break one of these days. I'm going to fall. I'm going to be where I can't, uh, uh, I won't have my phone with me, and I'll be laying there, you know, help, I can't get up, and I won't have any of that stuff. <laughs> you know, there's, there's things that change with old age, and I, I hear when you get into some of you folks that are in your 70s, you know better than I do, or your 80s or 90s, things change. Your strength fails. Um, physical strength, mental strength, and we can become so insecure in those times, and that's what he's talking about 
He says, cast me not off in the time of my old age. Forsake me not when my strength fails. And now one part of me thinks, don't you trust God? Why would you even think something like that? And I think, well, that's the thing that I think. And uh, it's, uh, once again, if the shoe fits, wear it. I'm so thankful for the scriptures, the way they speak. And he speaks with that fear. Verse 10. Um, and before I read these verses 10 and 11, I listened to uh, a message by Henry Mahan on this psalm. And he was 80 years old when he brought this message on this psalm. And he entitled it the psalm of an old man. And what he said in commenting on this psalm, let me read these verses, verses 10 and 11. For mine enemies speak evil against me. They that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him, persecute him, take him, for there is none to deliver him. Now, Brother Mahan made this comment. He's not talking about enemies without. He's talking about voices within. And I really could lay a hold of that and latch on to that. Uh, the insecurities, if you want to call them, the fear, the unbelief. They'll say things like, um, my enemies speak against me. You're, you, you, you're nothing. I, I doubt that you're even saved. What makes you think you're saved? What makes you think you know God? All this, they speak against me. These enemies that rise up from within, speaking to me. And, and, and Brother Mahan was speaking, this is an 80-year-old man. He was saying, this is what happens with me. How, could, how do you know you even know God? How do you know you're even saved? How do you know, what makes you think you can hope in anything? These are enemies that speak to us. And how many times do these enemies speak to you? All the time, don't they? All the time. They lay wait for my soul. They take counsel together saying, God hath forsaken him. Have you ever thought that about yourself? God hath forsaken him. Persecute him and take him, for there's none to deliver him. O oh God, verse 12. O oh God, be not far from me. O oh my God, make haste to help me. Until we die, we'll always be dealing with these enemies within. You know, I was thinking about um, heaven. And I was thinking, heaven would not be heaven if I was the same as I am now. It wouldn't be heaven. I'd still be dealing with all these enemies, these voices, these sins. Heaven would not be heaven if I was not made just like Christ. In heaven, I won't be dealing with these voices, these sins, these feelings of insecurity and weakness and fear. I'll be perfectly conformed to the image of his son. And this is... Whoever wrote the psalm, I don't know if it was David, is an old man. He was speaking of the insecurities that come with old age. And he says in verse 13, Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Well, I can't help but thinking he's talking about his sins. His sins. You know, any, anybody I know... I hope I'm not praying that they be consumed and confounded and sent to hell. I hope with regard to everybody I know, I'm praying that the Lord would save them and have mercy on them. But the language he's using, I think he's talking about these enemies within that are speaking. 
He says, let them be confounded and consumed. their adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. Now, I will hope, and I think that's the new man speaking. I will hope continually, nonstop, nonstop. I will praise thee more and more. Verse 15. My mouth shall show forth whose righteousness? Thy righteousness. And thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. Now here's what I'll speak of. Thy righteousness, there's that term again. Thy righteousness. I wish I could say this sufficiently. The only righteousness that I have is his. Amen? The only righteousness I have is his. And I'll speak of his salvation, the salvation of which he is the author, that he's the one who saves. He did it all. That's all I'm going to speak of, David says. Or whoever wrote this psalm, my mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. For I know not the numbers thereof. Verse 16, I I don't, don't know the vastness of it. I don't know how long I have. I don't know the vastness of his salvation. But I will go on. I will go in the strength of the Lord. And then he makes this statement again. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even thine only. Now look how he just repeats this same theme over and over in this psalm of old age. All I'm going to talk about is his righteousness. Now, hold your finger there and turn with me to Romans 10. Verse 1. Brethren. My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now, there are two things that come right off the bat about what Paul is saying. These folks he's praying for are not saved. You got that? Number two, he wants them to be saved. Let's go on reading. Four. I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. They're very religious. And he's talking about the God of the Bible too. They use the same scriptures we do. They have a zeal for God. Very religious. Stand up for what they believe. But not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. You know that would describe every unbeliever alive. They're ignorant of God's righteousness. They're ignorant of his righteous character, his righteous law. They're ignorant of his righteousness in their damnation. They don't think that would be right. They're ignorant of his righteousness in their salvation, them being saved by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. They're ignorant of God's righteousness. So what do they do? They go about to establish their own righteousness. 
They go about trying to do something that they think will obligate God to save them. I've done this. I've done that. I've stopped doing this. I've changed. And they've never submitted themselves to God's righteousness. Now here's what it is to submit to God's righteousness. For Christ, verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. To everyone that believeth. And this is what David means when he says, I've made mention of thy righteousness, even thine only. Now, by the grace of God, and only by the grace of God, I've been preaching this for 40 years. And you know it's more real to me and precious to me now than it was when I first believed. It's not just, uh, well, I've already got that down, Pat. I've already got that doctrine down. Let's go on to the next. No, this is glorious. His righteousness. I've made mention of thy righteousness, even thine only. Verse 17, O God, thou hast taught me from my youth. And here's what people do who have been taught by God from their youth. Hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now if God's taught you, you know what you're going to be declaring? His wondrous works. His wondrous works of creation. Jesus Christ is the creator. His wondrous works in providence, everything that takes place in time, he is the first cause of and in control of. Everything. You can't leave anything out. If you leave anything out, you're saying there's something he's not in control of. He controls everything. And one of, whenever I say this, I, I love to say this. The thoughts going through your mind right now, he controls them. He's completely sovereign over the free and uncoerced actions of men. Somebody says, I don't believe that. He's in control of that too. He is an, ab- he, he's Lord. We declare his, but most especially, we declare his wondrous works of salvation. Salvation is of the Lord. It's not of man. It's of the Lord. Verse 18, now when I'm old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I've showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to, every, to everyone that's to come. Um, what does he mean? Does he believe that God, after all these years, will, will forsake him and, and let him go to hell? Well, this, you know, he said in another place, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Or his seat begging for bread. I think what he's talking about is you, with old age, he's saying, don't put me on a shelf. Let me declare to everybody thy wondrous works. Don't simply put me on a shelf. Let me continue to declare to everyone thy wondrous works. And I have showed thy strength unto this generation, thy power to everyone that's to come. Now here he is again, verse 19. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. <laughs> oh, it's so high. It, it's, it's, 
it's beyond our comprehension, his righteousness. It's very high. Who has done great things, O God? Who is like unto thee? Verse 20. That which thou which has showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again, and thou shalt bring me again from the depths of the earth. Now, I, that obviously speaks, first of all, of the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection. But that's talking about every believer. This is our sure and certain hope. We are going to die. We go through this life of great and sore troubles. We're going to die. They're going to stick us in the ground. But we're going to be raised from the dead by the power of God, perfectly conformed to the image of his son. Thou shalt increase. And I think this is, this is speaking of Christ and those in him, obviously. It's speaking of us, but it's mainly speaking of Christ. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth. Oh, my God, aren't you thankful for the truth? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. I will also praise thee with the psalter, even thy truth. Oh, my God, unto thee will I sing with the harp. O thou holy one of Israel, my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee. And my soul, which thou hast redeemed, Redeemed, I love it when we sing that song, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Well, that's what he's singing at this time. My tongue also shall talk, there it is again, of thy righteousness. All the day long. Here is the subject of our speech. All the day long. His righteousness his glorious righteous character his righteousness in salvation his righteousness in all that he does for they are confounded for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt and the verse i thought of um who shall lay anything to the charge of god's elect they're all confounded they're brought to shame that seek my hurt they've been shut up who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifieth. Who is he that can condemn? It's Christ that died. Yea, rather that's risen again. That's a great psalm, isn't it? They're all great. <laughs>